Wow, wow. After nine and a half years, finally. But before we get into the word, I just want to echo what Marion said and just congratulate those students who finished Freedom Weekend. If that's you, I want you to stand up for those who finished. If you're in the house, I want you to stand up if you were part of that group. Wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, good afternoon, Nashville Life, and also to all of our visitors. It's good to be standing before you once again. For those who don't know, I'm the lead, well, not lead, I'm the founding pastor, uh, along with my wife, Pastor Cece, of this church, and we started it almost 10 years ago, and, um, and God has been faithful all the way. You know, I want to I speak to you guys on something that I feel is important and necessary, and that is for this house, and that is the word change. I want us to understand about change today. I chose the word change because it's not always easy. Anybody here agree with me? Change is not always easy. Most find it hard to change. Why? Because it takes us out of what's familiar. It moves us out of our comfort zone and causes us to what? Stretch. Stretch doesn't always feel good, but it's necessary. So I've titled this message today to stay with our theme, A Zeal for Change. I chose this title because of all that's been happening over the last two years. You see, without change, we would not grow into the people God wants us to be and for the purpose that he's called this church to. We've been studying on the zeal for the house. And today, I would like to continue with that theme, but from a different perspective. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I want to really focus on that one word that says never, because obviously when Paul wrote this, he knew that that was not something that you just put in place and it would stay there. Zeal had to be something that we have to pursue. You can't have zeal for the house without accepting change, okay? Change, God is in the business of changing people's lives. He does this through location, he does it through association, and he does it through situations. Without change, we will never experience the blessed life that God intended for us to live. You see, the Holy Spirit is the agent of change. He is the only one that can change us from the inside first, resulting in an outward change. That change is felt in our attitude, which is our mind. Romans 12, 2 says, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change can happen through actions, through the heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says, out of the heart, comes the issues of life and also a passion or zeal. Ezekiel, I mean, Ecclesiastic 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You see, it will be very difficult for us to deal with life changes without an inward change that can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Genesis 12.1. Genesis 12.1. I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, 
Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. God needed to change Abram's location and his association in order to change his situation, which was his heart to trust God and to believe what God said. It was no way for Abram to be able to accomplish or to be called the father of faith if God wasn't able to change him from being a son whose father was a pagan worshiper to being the father of faith. It took 25 years for Abraham to receive the promise that God gave him when son Isaac was born. In 2011, I personally had the opportunity to witness how God supernaturally changed the lives of many young people at my home in just one week. This change happened because those young people had a zeal for change. That zeal came about because they saw the supernatural change that was in their friend Alvin, who is now our lead pastor. That week, while at my house, it put them on a path where God not only transformed them, but he also changed my life that resulted in me saying yes to becoming a pastor. There was a passion for God that I experienced during that time that I will never forget. It happened because I saw the change in those young people. Our vision here at Nashville Life, for those who don't know, is following Jesus, building leaders. We are a discipleship church. Following Jesus will bring amazing changes to your life. Following Jesus will bring amazing changes to your family. Following Jesus will bring amazing changes to those around you. Change takes you on a spiritual journey where God places you on a path that leads you to where he wants you to go. I'm going to say that again. Change takes you on a spiritual journey where God places you on a path that leads to where he wants you to go. Let me share my testimony about the path God had for my life. In 1995, I was working for Xerox Corporation. I had a very successful career. I was doing very well until I decided to go out on the road with my wife. That was the first change. That was not an easy change because I was comfortable doing what I was doing. I was successful at it, and it was paying me really well. Going out on the road, what was I going to do? I wasn't going to sing. I didn't play an instrument, but I said, yes, Lord. While, while on the road, I had the assignment of praying for the singers in the band before they would go out on stage. I was very uncomfortable doing that, but I said, yes, Lord. So we prayed. The next change happened is they asked me to be the pastor on the tour, on the road, which means I had to bring a five to ten minute message every time they went out. Whoa, <laughs> I've never done that before. Well, you're going to do it now. <laughs> yes, Lord. Right after that, we went over to Belmont, and they asked us 
Well, they asked me to do a Bible study at Belmont, and I said yes. I'd never done a Bible study. I never knew what it was, even how to approach it, but I said yes. We did it for two years. In 2011, my son asked me, can some people come to our house for DMS, Discipleship Ministry School? I said yes. That changed our lives. In 2012, in March, I became a pastor of this church. <laughs> I said that because I want you guys to understand that change is not always easy, but it's necessary. Where God wants you to go, you can't say, I don't, I, that's not what I do. I'm, I've never done that before. You just say yes to the Lord. He'll make the way. The grace of God will rest upon you when you say yes to the Lord. It's not about you. God is just looking for somebody to use. He's looking for somebody to use. I hope I'm speaking to somebody here today. Those six steps. If I had to say no to any one of those, I probably wouldn't be here today. The enemy wants us to resist change. Why? Because he knows that if you change and follow Jesus, you're going to, be, you're going to defeat his kingdom and build up God's kingdom. He's fearful of you. He doesn't want you to change. He wants you to stay right here in your little comfort zone and be stuck. You feel good here, but you're not growing. In January of this year, there was a change in leadership here at Nashville Life Church. Pastor Alvin was ordained as our new lead pastor. And I think he's doing a wonderful job, y'all. It was a time where the whole world was changing. The pandemic brought mass changes to our services. We had to stop services for a while. We started doing online services. That was a major change that he had to undertake. There was political divide along with racial tension that was felt in our church. All this was happening while we were renovating an old building that was almost 100 years old. Pastor Alvin had to deal with all those changes while establishing himself as a new lead pastor. He had a lot on his shoulders. I stood back and I observed him. I watched him. He didn't say a lot to him, but I just watched him. I saw something in him that really blessed me. He showed me something that we all need. I saw that he trusted God. Trust was needed in the midst of all the changes. I also saw patience was needed because God's timing is always perfect. And finally, I saw a zeal for the house that was needed. You see, when change happens, the work of the ministry must continue. Hear me, church. That's why we have a vision. A vision means that this is what we're aiming for. But if you start looking over here and looking over there, you're going to miss the vision. The past two years, I've had the opportunity to speak to a member, several members of this church who found it difficult to deal with our change. But my answer to them was always the same, no matter who I spoke to. We must trust God and not focus on the past. 
We must keep our focus on our vision of following Jesus, building leaders. Hope looks towards the future. Fear and doubt focuses on the past. We have to keep going forward, guys. Whenever you focus is on the past, you're allowing the enemy to bring negative thoughts and fear into your life. It's okay to ask questions, but it's not okay to question your leader. This does nothing to advance the cause of Christ. I want to share a story from the Old Testament that shows how to deal with change when it happens. Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt. But once in the wilderness, the people were faced with fear because they weren't confident in what God was telling Moses. Instead of asking questions, they started questioning Moses' decisions, which resulted in the enemy bringing fear, doubt, and unbelief to these people. You see, they were familiar with the hardships and the pain that was in Egypt, but refused to look forward to the honey, the, I mean the milk and honey that God had promised them. Because the people wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back into bondage. The leadership was changing, and God was giving Joshua instructions on how to deal with the change that was coming. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Number one, God changed leadership. God gave Joshua instructions to go. God gave gave Joshua a promise. Crossing over into the promised land was was the change that they had been waiting 40 years for. What should have been weeks took 40 years, not because it was a long distance, it's because of the people were murmuring and complaining and they were fearful of change. God had to promise Joshua to go forward and possess the land he promised Moses. Let's go down to Joshua 1.6. It says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua was instructed to be strong and courageous, which meant he had to stand strong against the pushback of the people, and he had to be courageous for the enemy that was in front of him. Joshua was fighting on two fronts. Two fronts. He was fighting the people who were murmuring and complaining, who didn't want to change and want to stay where they were, but also God told him to go and get and possess the land. Joshua's obedience and zeal for God resulted in the people inheriting the land. You see, Joshua understood that their success was tied to his obedience to be strong and courageous. 
I read this verse many times, but it really didn't hit me until I was doing this message. He said, for you, talking to Joshua, shall cause this people to inherit the land. Even though God promised it to him, the, the, the onus was really on Joshua to be strong and courageous. He didn't tell the people. He told Joshua to be strong and courageous. If Joshua had failed or had pushed back, they would have kept on wandering in the wilderness. Joshua 1.7. It says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. You see, God promised good success when we follow his word. When you do your own thing, you, you're not going to get, you might get some success, as someone once said this weekend, but you won't get good success. We want to settle for just success. When God says you can have good success. How many want good success? Yes, good success. Whenever we hear God repeat himself, he's basically saying, Joshua, pay, pay close attention to what I'm saying. He said, don't let this slip. This is vitally important for you to be strong and courageous. It's going to be tough, but I'm giving you the land. See, what we have to do as a church, we have to not focus on the situation, but what was promised to us. We lose focus on the vision. And we start talking about things that doesn't really matter. You know, God already knew about this church. He already knew what he was going to do. He knew about my life. But I still had to take the steps. God's will is not automatic. It doesn't automatically happen just because he tells you he's going to do something. He's dependent on you cooperating with him. It's a partnership. God's promise, his power in your obedience. That's how it works. That's how it works. We want to sit back and say, well, God is going, you know, he promised me that I'm going to be a doctor, so I'm just going to take a seat over here, and I'm just going to just. You're 40. I'm still waiting on to be a doctor. <laughs> How come you're not going to school? God told me I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> That's how some of us act. <laughs> Why would God tell Joshua to be strong and courageous so often? Why? Because he knew what was coming. God knows the end from the beginning. Here, here, here. Here, beginning over here. He knew the end from the beginning. Okay. God knew that stepping into the promised land would be difficult. Remember we told you earlier, change is not easy. But it's what is necessary. It's necessary, y'all. God knew the people were bigger and stronger over there. God knew that. God didn't send them over to a place where you can just kick them over. <laughs> Get out the way. God said, I'm going to take you somewhere where they're bigger and stronger than you because I want to show my power. <laughs> God wants to show his power through you. When people say, man, Anshay doing that? Josh doing what? He's the commissioner of what? You know what I, prom I prophesied over him. Yes. God wants to show his power through you. God knew that there would be temptation of mixing with the other nations. 
but he gave them a command not to do it. He knew that that was going to be a temptation for them. Must be some fine people over there. <laughs> God knew they couldn't have victory without a fight. God, you know, he did, he wiped out a lot of nations by his power, but he left a few for them to fight. What does that tell us, guys? That tell us that when we make these changes, we got to fight. We got to fight what's, what's in us. We got to fight what people are saying. We got we to fight situations that's coming. But when God says that you can have it, it's yours. Nashville Life, I want to talk to you for a moment. There will be many changes to come for this church. We're getting ready to go into one in a few weeks. It may seem we're jumping up and down very happy, but it's going to take work. It's going to take a lot of work, guys. We need everybody on hand. As Marion said, we got to be all in. We got to be all in. We can't let a few people do it and we just sit there and wait for them to finish and then, and then enjoy it. Because some people, that's what they do. They sit back and they let everybody do the work and they step in and say, aren't that church great? <laughs> and that, look how beautiful this church is. Our success will depend on us being strong and courageous. We're going to fight the naysayers over here and we've got to fight forward in the victory that God has given us, which is going to take a lot of work. I came across this quote. I heard it before, but I didn't know that Heraclitus said it. Change is the only constant. Change is the only constant. It's the only thing that you know is going to happen. You can depend on it happening. Change. Church, we must see change as progress. We must see change as new beginning. And we must see change as new victories and blessings to come. Yeah, we've been blessed, but God has more blessings that's coming. You know, I'm always looking for better. I'm not satisfied with status quo. I'm always looking for the promises of God for my life. Joshua was on a journey towards the promised land. Nashville life, we're on a journey too to the promised land, which is heaven. Joshua was fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting spirits. So how do we stay strong and courageous? So how do we do that? By doing the same thing that God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That's the word. The Israelites, was no, the Israelites were no different than we are today. They were God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people. He chose us to establish his kingdom and to represent him in the earth. It is God who promises us prosperity and good success. So what was the prosperity God promised Joshua? 
What was it? The promise of health? The promise of wealth? The promise of provision? And the promise of protection? What is the good success God promised Joshua? He said that they would possess the promised land and they would have victory over the Gentile nations that they were facing. So, so why is change good? I guess by now we probably figured it out, right? Change expands your horizon. It allows you to experience more. Change moves you from your comfort zone to new challenges. Anybody afraid of challenges? It kind of gets your juices stirred up, doesn't it? Yeah, let's go, let's go. God, uh, change increases your faith in God for the future. If I can believe God for those first two steps, then I can, I can trust him for the next two and the next two that I took. Each one increases your faith. Every time you step out and, and God moves you to another spot, it increases your faith. Change allows you to grow spiritually and numerically. I love this next one. Change leads you to your vision. You know, when I left Xerox in 1995, I was prophesied that I was going to be a pastor. I didn't believe it. I didn't accept it. I said, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> God, I'm sorry, you missed that one. I know you know the end from the beginning, but that's not going to happen. God knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knew that I wasn't ready in 1995. He knew that I wasn't ready in 19, uh, 2000. He knew that I wasn't ready in 2010. He knew when I was ready to say yes. It amazes me. It amazes me how God is so powerful, so knowing, so caring that he cares about each and every one of us in this room. That he has a purpose and a plan for every one of us. But it doesn't start until you make a step out and change. The move to a new building located on 2639 Nolensville Pike will expand our ministry reach in that community. God has new territories for us to take. It's like Joshua went in there and took, took the land and each, he took it one nation at a time. God's not going to give you a whole lot to see. He just say, this, I'm going to give you a little bit at a time. He give you, if he shows you everything, he would run away. If I had known in 1995 that I was going to be standing here, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I can say is I don't know. I'm not going to say I wouldn't be here, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. As we near the end of 2021, wow, time is going fast. I'm looking forward to what God has for this church in 2022. Church, we must never doubt God's plan for this church 
and for your life. He has an amazing future for you. I just want to close with this scripture verse in Isaiah 43, 18, 19. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I, this is God talking, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. He said, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's nothing he cannot do. If this church stands up and says, Lord, he said, we're with you, let's go. Now, we can take this city, this state, we, I mean, there's nothing we cannot do. But we can't allow fear and doubt to stop us because it doesn't feel good right now. You know, feelings is only for a moment. God's promises is for everlasting. But we will focus on our feelings or what we feel at the time and step out of the will of God. Don't forfeit your, God's plan for your life. Don't allow situations that you have no control over control you. Even the situation that you do cause yourself to stumble in, don't let that stop you. We found out this week for the freedom, you just repent and get back up. You know what? We'll fall down and stay there and, and cry instead of getting up and say, oh man, I can't believe I did that. Let me get back in track. That's all you got to do. Oh God, it's not going to use me now. Cause I, yeah. Did you know he knew you was going to fall? He knew you was going to take that stumble? God, he knows the end from the, the, end from the beginning, right? He knows it all. But we sometimes we think we know more than God does. Well, he doesn't know what I want to do. You've got to trust him. You know, guys, I'm going to tell you, you know, for me to stand up here is very, very difficult. But it's necessary. Because God has more for me than what he sees here. I'm not finished, y'all. <laughs> God is not finished. I got more. I, yeah, I got more. <laughs> God just don't take you so far. Okay, well, that's it. As long as we're breathing, guys, God's got some more for us to do. I had to change from being the lead pastor to the founding pastor. I had to step down for my son to step up. I follow him. He's my pastor. But he's your son. But he's my pastor too. Why? Because I trust what God is doing. We got to come out of the natural thinking and start thinking spiritually. I don't think I could follow my son. Well then, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I support him. I encourage him. And I'll do anything that he asks me to do. 
So guys, the first change happens when we accept Jesus Christ. All that I'm saying today started when I accepted Jesus Christ in 1982. 1982. He saw this right here. And he sees more because I can't, because I don't know tomorrow, but he does. But I trust him with tomorrow. I trust him back then. I trust him through all the periods where I didn't understand what was happening. I said, God, I don't know. This, is, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. He said, don't worry about it, son. Just keep following me. I know I'm speaking to somebody here today. Somebody in here today, there's a decision that you have to make. And you're nervous and you're fearful of it. But if God is in it, run towards it. I'm telling you. Now, if it's your thing, be a little nervous. But if God is in it, go for it. So let me pray. Father God, we just thank you for this word that came forth today on a zeal to change. Father God, we pray that you will give us a passion for change as we have a passion for this house, as we have a passion for your purpose for this house. I thank you for all that you have done up until now, but I'm most excited, Father, about the things that you have for the future. I can hold my hand up and say hallelujah because a trust was put in me because of all the steps that I've taken, all the places that you've taken me to that show that I wasn't qualified. But you showed me through it that you are strong in me. Father God, I pray today that you minister to somebody in this house or everybody in this house, for a matter of fact, every person in this house, I pray that you will give them a heart to trust you. A heart to step out in faith and say yes to Jesus. My journey started in 82, 1982. And it's only a comma. It's not a period. So I thank you, Lord, for those who are here today who have a zeal for you, a desire for change, and trust you with their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everyone to please stand. As we go before the Lord in prayer, this is a very important time because God is knocking on somebody's heart right now. And he's saying, let me in, let me in. I'm going to do amazing things in your life, but you got to let me in. I can't do it unless you let me in. So repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. He was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins. 
and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be my Lord and my, and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, congratulations to those who said yes to Jesus today. We're going to have our prayer team, uh, two, uh, two people that's going to come down and pray. We're going to come to an altar, those that are assigned today. Oh, Jenny and Rigdon. Hallelujah. But this is very important that we connect with you. You see, you can't make this journey by yourself. You're no match for the enemy. You need somebody that's going to walk with you, that's going to encourage you. There's going to be times when you want to back up, but you got to continue to go forward. You need somebody that's going to take your hand and say, no, 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 come on, you got to go. We got to make it. We got to make it. So if that's you, we want you to take out your phone and text the word, yes to Jesus, to 77411. Or if you want to come down, and Raven and Jenny will be more than happy to, to pray with you. Also, if you have a prayer request, I love this church because we take prayer requests online. Go to naturallifechurch.com forward slash prayer and put in your prayer request and we'll pray for you. We have a prayer team that takes every one of those prayers seriously. If you want to be connected to this church, we have a next step process. It's a four-step process and I think today is step three that gets you involved in this church. It's in room 104. It's right after the service today at 3.30. And finally, if you just have a, if you want to pray, uh, 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 pray your, pay your tithe and offering, if you didn't um, do it online, if you want to give it physically through a check or cash, then you can give it on the way out in the center aisle. I think Amber is standing there with a, with a bucket, and she will be more than happy to take your, your offering. So guys, I'm excited. I'm so honored to be standing here before you again. I love you guys so much. So much. As we leave here, I want you guys to love on somebody. Introduce yourself to somebody. Yeah, there you go. Introduce yourself to somebody. This is, we're a loving church. We're a giving church. Natural life, we're a fun church. Yes, 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 yes. So anyway, we're going to dismiss. So Father God, we thank you for this time that we've come together. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that has met us once again in this place. And Father God, we are so grateful for the change that's happening in our hearts right now. Somebody's mind was changed today. Somebody's heart was touched today. Somebody's situation is going to change today because of you. So bless us as we leave this place. Cover us under the blood of Jesus and bring us back on the appointed time. And we will give your name all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. Church say, in Jesus' name, amen. The church, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Have a safe and safe and happy Thanksgiving. Love you.